Thanks for checking out this video. My name's Kiara, and I hope you enjoy this message from Redemption Church. Good morning. I see it started raining at exactly the wrong time this morning. It happens. Thanks for being here. Glad you're here. We're kicking off a brand new series entitled Becoming Wise. Some of you don't think you need this series. It's a really good thing you're here. Series is for everyone. If you're under 30, this is going to be good for you. If you're over 30, this will be helpful for you. If you are 30, you're at the perfect age. Enjoy it for a year. Just kidding. You need this too. We all do. Even Jesus needed wisdom. Luke, he was one of the writers of the uh, four Gospels that tell of Jesus's life. And the doctor, Luke, he wrote of Jesus in his um, story of Jesus's life, these words, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus, who mastered the Torah, Jesus, who never sinned, Jesus, who confounded the religious and the scholarly elites, he needed to grow in wisdom. And so at the beginning of this series, let's just acknowledge something, that if Jesus needed something, so do you, and so do I. If Jesus had to grow in something, then we need to grow in it as well. And so this morning, we start our quest of becoming wise. At some point in time today, I'm going to give you a definition of wisdom. You're going to have to wait, though. First, we want to talk about the importance of wisdom. Why is it so crucial that we have it? What benefit does it bring? And so we'll start our journey today. Um, that's going to go seven weeks. Well, seven weeks after this uh, with a little line that the Apostle Paul writes in one of his letters called Ephesians. And so there's this church in this metropolitan area called Ephesus. And Paul writes them a letter. He had planted that church. And he spends the first three or four chapters uh, just talking about the beauty of the gospel. He reminds them of important doctrinal truths, like you were dead in sin and then Jesus made you alive. Like you have no chance at salvation apart from the grace of God. And he just lays out the gospel beautifully for three or four chapters. And then in chapter five, Paul gives some pastoral or some fatherly, some sage advice. He says this, these words, look Carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. What advice, what great advice from the Apostle Paul. Now, notice he does this after he lays out the gospel, after he reminds them of who they are in Christ. And clearly, uh, he wants to be exceptionally clear uh, at what he now wants them to do. Look carefully. Watch out. Show some intelligence. Walk in wisdom. Walk in wisdom. Make the best use of the time. Now, here's something I know that you and I have in common. We all want to walk the best possible path in life. I mean, who doesn't? 
When it comes to our finances or it comes to our marriages or our future marriages or our dating relationships or where should I go to college or what should I do after college or should I move or should I stay? Should we buy the house or should we not? Should we rent or should we buy? When should I retire? What am I gonna do after retirement? How do I raise these children? How do I deal with my adult children? How do I deal with my parents? Even though I'm an adult, right? We all wanna walk the best possible path. Maybe because throughout the years, you've heard these little quips, proverbs, and they say things, and the uh, things these proverbs say seem to indicate that if you and I just walk in wisdom, then life will be great. So you've heard the proverb, train up a child in the way they should go, and they will not depart. Do you know there's another proverb that basically says the complete opposite? It says, even though you do your best, I'm paraphrasing, even though you do your best, they still go astray. And so you read the first part of Proverbs and you go, yes. And then you read the second part of Proverbs and you go, what? We all want to walk the best possible path. And, and here's something else you and I have probably learned because of life, whether you're 20 or 80 or whatever, that the best possible path isn't always the quickest path. It isn't always the shortest path. And it most certainly isn't always the easiest path. And so some of us have taken detours in life. We ran after the easy path, the short path, the quick path, thinking this was the wise thing, but it wasn't the best path. So using this verse, Ephesians chapter 5, I want to create a picture for us this morning. And this picture is going to serve us over the next seven weeks. And uh, I'm going to show you actually three different pictures uh, because I think it gives us all a starting point on this quest for wisdom, knowing or hoping that if we walk in wisdom, it will lead to uh, better finances or health or relationship with parents, relationship with God, relationship with spouse. It'll save us some heartache, some heartbreak, some stupid decisions, some credit card bills and a bunch of other things. So let me give you three pictures as a starting point. And now this picture works, whether you're, again, 15, 55, or 95. I don't know how old the oldest person in the room is. They obviously don't want to identify themselves. That's okay. Here's the first picture. There's you. Then there's future you. And there's a gap between you and future you. We're going to call that the wisdom gap. And in this first picture, there's a straight line. And that straight line is the best possible path. The best path. And so you is single. Future you wants to be married or is married. There's a gap between there called the wisdom gap. And there is a best possible path to get there. You is broke. Future you wants to be able to go to McDonald's without feeling guilty. And there's a best possible path to get there. You is struggling in your marriage. And future you has a great marriage. We could go through the list. And there's a best possible path 
to get there. But what have we learned in life? Figuring out the best possible path is not easy. It demands wisdom. What's wisdom? I'll get there. Hold on. What's wisdom, man? I mean, if, if the wisdom gap is what's stopping you and future you from happening, what do we do? Now, there's a second. There's a second picture I want to show you. So here, you see the second picture. There's you, and there's future you, and that line is the not best path. How many of you have ever walked that path? Yeah, that path is why all the debt collectors know your social security number. That path is a lot of pretty interesting stories. More serious ways, that path is why the first marriage didn't work out. That path is uh, why you've been in school for eight years, right? A lot of people go to school for eight years. They're called doctors, Tommy, right? Some of you know that. If you don't, just let it go. That path is a path many of us are familiar with. In fact, some of us this morning, we might be somewhere on that path, and we're like on the downslope of that path right now, wondering, how do I get back on the best path? Because this path is not any fun. This path seems like a new dating relationship every three weeks. This path feels like I'm in the same addiction that I've been in for four years. This path seems like I'm not making any progress, and I thought I would be. Some of you, you're on this path right now, and I hope what this series is is just a big hold up, wait a minute. Let's not take another step down that path because it's not leading quickly or best to future you. So take a deep breath. Some of you might have to undo some things that you did while you were on that path so that you can begin to do the right things to get to future you. So this path, now in this series, here's what we're not going to do. I'm not going to lay out three steps for you to walk down best path in like six different areas of your life. And so if you just follow step A, step B, and step C, then you'll get to future you. And here's three Bible verses that prove it. That's not what this series is about. What this series is about is becoming wise, not just learning the Bible's little tidbits for life. This series is about a transformation that occurs in the heart so that when you step up to the line, you're the type of person that can walk in wisdom. Because here's something else I know. A lot of us know the best path. We don't always walk the best path. You know, I know this because you drank or you ate or you smoked or you did something too much yesterday. And you know what the best path is. I didn't stop you. And so oftentimes we do know the best path. We just don't take it. And it's not because we don't have the knowledge. It's because we aren't yet the type of person that can walk the best path. 
And so my hope over this series is not to just tell you the best path, but to help you become the person who, regardless of the circumstance or the situation on, can walk the best path. There's a third path, by the way. This one looks like this. Everything was going well in life, and then all of a sudden, Miley Cyrus showed up and ruined everything. She came in like a wrecking ball. And you didn't deserve it. You were walking the best path. And abandonment or injustice or downturn in the economy or the lights went out. We're just going to keep rolling. I can actually see you guys now. And you were just living life. And the wrecking ball came in and it knocked you off the path. And it wasn't fair. It wasn't fair because you were doing everything right. Some of you, your biggest frustration in life has been, God, you said, or at least you thought he did, that if I lived wisely and if I lived rightly, then everything would go well. You just read the first half of Proverbs. You didn't see the second half. That sometimes you do everything Right. And life still doesn't go perfect. End of dramatic moment. And so there are three paths, at least. And maybe you see yourself on one of them. And regardless of which of these paths you're on, my hope is that this series will help you when you is you trying to get to future you to be the right you to walk the path. Now, in order to do that, we need some wisdom. So we got to figure out how to get it. A couple things about wisdom. There's some guy in the Bible. His name was Solomon. Uh, According to the scriptures, he was the wisest guy who ever lived. And Solomon says this about wisdom in Proverbs 4, 7. See how helpful this is. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. When, whatever you get, get insight. So Solomon looks up and he says, hey, Wisdom is so important. And let me tell you the beginning of wisdom. Let me tell you how to do it. Get it. Well, thank you, Solomon. The beginning of wisdom is to get wisdom. Now, this is actually helpful advice. And it's helpful advice for two reasons, at least. The first one is this. It teaches us that wisdom is not passive. You don't just arrive at wisdom. Some of you thought, well, when I'm older, I'll be wise. You're older. You aren't wise. Some of you think wisdom is an age. Uh, As soon as I'm here. Now, there certainly is certain amounts of wisdom that come with age. But wisdom is something we have to go get. It's an active engagement of the heart, the mind, the soul. So these seven weeks, friend, are active, not passive. These seven weeks are about you turning on. I'm going to go get Wisdom, because wisdom will help me walk the best possible path. So I'm going to go get it. I'm going to find it. I'm going to wrestle with it. I'm going to meditate on what I need to meditate on. I'm going to clear space in my heart and in my life so I can get some wisdom. So I know how to walk that best path. You have to go get it. It's 
active. Here's the second thing that this teaches us. Getting wisdom means this, that wisdom is not innate. It's not inside of you. And so some of us think, or we've believed lies of contemporary culture that have told us, well, wisdom is inside of you. Just go have your little Yoda moment in the woods, and all of a sudden, wisdom will emerge. Now, wisdom wisdom isn't just sitting inside of you, waiting to be unlocked. You have to go get it, which means wisdom is outside of you. Wisdom is in something else or someone else. And so you need to go get that thing, that person. And so if your plan in life has been to passively sit down and take a one-day retreat every four years and you're going to be wise, I'm here to tell you, that's an unwise plan. You got to get it, and it's not inside of you. You got to look somewhere else for it. Now, I think maybe Solomon knew that this um, phrase it wasn't super helpful in helping us understand everything we needed on how to get wisdom. And so a couple chapters later, Solomon continues to write, and he gives us another clue of the beginning of wisdom when he says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. The fear of the Lord Some of you have heard this phrase in church, and you've always wondered, what does it mean? Why am I afraid of God? Why am I supposed to be afraid of God? Why is being afraid of God a good thing? And so you've asked these questions, and those aren't actually bad questions to ask. We're not going to answer all of them today. Instead, what we're going to do is we're going to come up with the definition of the fear of the Lord, because it says in the scriptures that that is the beginning of wisdom, one of the other beginnings of wisdom, apparently. So what is the fear of the Lord? Let me give you a simple definition. In humility, submitting to God's authority. What's the fear of the Lord? In humility, submitting to God's authority. So let's put that in the verse. In humility, submitting to God's authority is the beginning of wisdom. Solomon's going to say it like this later. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. And as we are looking at these verses, we're seeing a couple of um, characteristics inside of us that can't coexist with wisdom. Passivity can't coexist with wisdom. Arrogance and pride cannot coexist with wisdom. Where there is pride and where there is arrogance, wisdom will not dwell. In humility, submitting to God's authority is the beginning of wisdom. So if you came this morning and you thought, okay, I don't really want to change, but I've heard good things about the Bible, and maybe there's a couple of good ideas I can get to add into my life, it doesn't work that way. The Bible is not like a self-help book that you get to pick up and pick and choose which parts you like and don't like. The Bible is a story of a Savior coming who implodes your entire heart and life. We call this the gospel. 
And so if you think you can just take little Bible verses and throw them on top of your pride or your selfishness, and it'll make you a little better at life. If you're on a church church, let me help you. This isn't the right one for you. I'm not here to help you get a little better at life by pulling out Bible verses. I do want to teach you how to become wise. And that starts with, in humility, submitting yourself to God's authority. It's the only path to true wisdom. And only true wisdom will help us walk the best possible path. So this morning, let's talk a little bit about humility, because that's where wisdom begins. And there's no better passage in Scripture to chat about humility than Philippians chapter 2. Here's what it says. It says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. There's the first idea of humility. You before me. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God. Now, what the apostle is doing here, the writer, is he's transitioning in and he's showing how Jesus is the perfect picture of humility who though he, Jesus, was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped or held onto or put up as a pedestal. Jesus was God, and he didn't look at that as a pedestal for him to stand on. Some of us, we're just boss or owner or parent or manager or assistant to the regional manager or whatever title it is that you have, and we hold that up as a pedestal. Jesus didn't even hold up God (laughs) as something to hold up as a pedestal. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not account equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. We see the most beautiful example of humility in Christ. And maybe if you want to really understand wisdom, which I haven't even given you a definition for, if you really want to understand wisdom, you look at Jesus in the garden saying these words, not my will, but your will. Wisdom starts with humility, submitting yourself to God's authority. Wisdom says, God, your plan, not mine. Your way, not mine. Your understanding of everything, not mine. Your perspective, not mine. Humility says, God, your view of me, not my warped view of you. Once you get there, then, then you're on the path to becoming wise. So what is wisdom? 
Wisdom is the humility to know, discern, and walk the best possible path. And I want for each of you, whatever age or stage of life you're in, to walk the best possible path. And some of the wisest people I've ever met in my life are people who were walking that best possible path and the wrecking ball came in and knocked them down on their faces. But you know what wisdom does in those moments? It doesn't let the wrecking ball stop them from pursuing Christ. And so whether you're in the middle of the middle path that was going all the way around, or you're at the front trying to walk the best path, or you just got hit by the wrecking ball, wisdom will help you get back on the path and walk to that future you. But getting there, becoming wise, that's the hard part. So this morning, I would surmise that there's at least one of two types of people in here. First, You've never submitted to God's authority in your life, ever. The Bible would call you a fool. A fool says in his heart, there is no God. And so you've never submitted yourself to the God who created everything. And you've come up with every reason, whether it's intellectual or emotional, on why not to embrace God. And the scripture says, you're a fool. Ah, but we were all fools. We were all fools. And Jesus loves the fool. And he died for us. And he did for you. And so embrace him in humility. Submit to his new authority in your life. Secondly, I would say, there's another group of us, and we've submitted to God's authority. But a little bit of passivity or a little bit of arrogance has crept back in. And so now we're standing on the path and we're looking out into the future at future us and we're trying to figure out the best path. But for some reason, we can't seem to figure it out. And here's why. The scripture says our hearts have become divided. And so we say, God, I want to follow you. But really, there's something else we're chasing or worshiping. And we need to resubmit our heart to whatever that might be. So we say, God, I'm following you. But what you're really following is you just want to be married. And so, or you just want to be in a relationship. And so you say, God, I'm really following you. But instead, anyone that comes available, you just hop on. Or you're saying, uh, God, I really want to follow you, but you're really following getting rich. And so any opportunity that comes up, you say, oh, okay, I'm in. And your heart's divided. And that was just two examples. There's tons of them. Before we get into the rest of the series, you got to get your heart right. And you got to say, Jesus, only you. Only you. If you're not in it, if it's not yours, I don't want anything to do with it. That's the first step to becoming wise. Over the next seven weeks, we'll work our way through this definition in humility. Walking, knowing, discerning the best possible path. That's what wisdom is. So come back and join us. But first, let's get our hearts right. Thanks for 
watching this video. If you want to learn more about our church, go ahead and click the link in the description or head on over to experienceredemption.com. Have a great week, guys.